I want to talk today about maximizing your impact, really maximizing our impact, because we can make a bigger impact together. And so as I talk about this, there's a great little story that ha- something that happens with Jesus that's just amazing in Mark chapter two. And I just want to unpack this story if I can and just leave you with this today because we're excited not only about today, but we're excited about the new series we're starting next week. We're really kind of building up to that uh, as we launch a new series on the mind called Mind Monsters. And so I'm excited about that. So you'll see where, how this leads to that in just a moment. But maximize your impact. The word for the year for us actually is maximize. And you may say, wow, pastor, it's kind of hard to maximize with COVID and all the political turmoil and racial strife. I mean, how do you maximize? I believe that oftentimes God raises us up in the middle of difficulties. And so this may be the church's finest moment for us to be the people God has called us to be. So I'm excited today about maximizing our impact. How do we do that? Look at the scripture. Mark chapter two says this, Jesus returned to Capernaum and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was not room for one more person. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were so full, there was not room for one more person in church. But just look around for a moment at the church campus you're at right now. There's some room, isn't there? So we can still bring people to hear about Christ. We have room. It says not even outside the door. It was so full, even outside the front door, there were people standing around trying to listen. So they must have had the door cracked open so they could hear Jesus as he taught. It says, and he preached the word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd, so they dug through the clay roof above his head. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I mean, you talk about commitment. Think about that for a moment. First of all, you got a friend who's paralyzed, okay? We all have a friend. Typically, most of us have someone that we know like this, right? That they can't walk or they struggle in their health in some major way. And so they, they, they need the help of others. So these four guys decided we're taking our buddy to Jesus. That is some true friends, is it not? See, I just believe that true friends inspire and invite and encourage and influence their friends and their family to come to Jesus. We talk about influencers. About, oh, I want to be a social media influencer. That's like all the rage now, you know, to put something on the gram, you know. And so that's, that's like the new thing is, you know, I want to be a social influencer. I love what Gary V, the social media expert, said about social influencers. He said, what's funny is we call them social influencers, but whatever, which way the wind is blowing is what they're going to say. They're just going to have to agree with the crowd, basically, so they can stay popular and, and have a lot of followers, which means they're really influencing no one. So basically, when you say something that goes against the crowd, now you're influencing. Isn't that funny? I thought that's a really astute point that he made, that so many people have all these followers, so you think they're influencing people, when really they're just following whatever they want them to do. So the truth is, if you really want to be an influence, bring someone to Jesus. That is influence. There is no greater influence than bringing someone with you to church. It's a game changer. In fact, the stats on you bringing someone to church, the stats on families who drag their kids to church, even your kids don't want to go, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to get dressed, I don't want to go, drag them here anyways. And guess what? God uses that. I know what it's like in the morning. This is why you're at the one o'clock. I know it took you this long to get here. I get it. <laughs> right? You're like having to drag your kids and, and get clothes on them. And they don't want to go and they're all tired and grumpy. And, uh, and they're just like, I don't want to go. That's what it sounds like in my house. I'm like, I don't want to go to church. And my wife is like, you are the pastor. You have to go. <laughs> Fine. 
So we come, right? We show up, right? But it's, it's hard to get going, to get motivated, to get here, you know? But then when you're here, you're like, man, I'm so glad I did this. Because then God has a word for you, doesn't he? God says something specifically to write what you need in that moment. That's just how God rolls. He always has a word for us. But we have to show up. And so we don't, not only do we show up, but we bring someone with us. It's a game changer. These guys knew, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but just get the guy in front of Jesus. I love that. Then they drag him. First of all, have you ever carried a human body? Have you ever totally lifted someone up? You're like, I mean, I don't care how strong you are. Carrying someone is not only heavy, it's awkward. Right? And so especially if someone's just dead weight, like they can't even really hold on to you, that's hard to carry someone like that. Right? So he was smart. He got some buddies. So it took four of them to get this guy there. But then when they finally get there, they finally drag him. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so tired. How much further? Right? They get there and they're like, someone outside's like, sorry, man, there's no room. Like, it is a sold-out concert, man. No one can get in. It is packed, right? So someone said, instead of saying, man, we tried. We did our part. Didn't talk going to happen today. Oh, well. Someone said, no, 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 no. We came all this way. Let's get him on the roof. What are we going to do on the roof? Let's dig a hole. Are you serious? Now, first of all, if I'm the homeowner, I'm ticked off. <laughs> right? You're like, seriously? You just, you just like broached my, you just broke into my roof. First of all, can you imagine sitting in front of Jesus and you, and you have some dirt following you a little bit? You're like, what, what's, what's going on? Is the roof about to cave in? You're like, oh, something happened. And then you see a, like just a set of lips just barely shaking out like, hey, make room. We're, we're about to lower someone down. <laughs> right? You're like, what's going on? And then dig a little more and some dirt's falling on them. I love the dirt part. You know Why? Because if you're going to get people that don't know Christ in God's house, it's going to be messy. Because you know what? They have lifestyles and they made choices and have done things that go totally against God's word. And you and I say to you, welcome. We're glad you're here. But how do you make sense of all this? If I'm living this way and, and you're teaching that way, and doesn't that just create conflict? No, it creates change. And so I want to encourage you that when you say, I don't know what to do with this person. They think so different than the way I think. And just invite, just get them here and then let Jesus do what only he can do. So that was their answer. Their answer, we don't know what to do other than just get them from Jesus. And they're going to be like, hey, Jesus, do something with that. <laughs> and that's what we do, right? That's what you're trying to do. Some of the ladies in here that are trying to drag their husband to church, you're like, just get him here. And you're like, Pastor Bill, do something with that. <laughs> right? You get your teenager here, do something with that. But then that's when God shows up, right? That's when he does something with us. He does something spectacular. He changes our lives. Do we really believe that he can change people's lives? If we do, why aren't we bringing people? That's all the more reason to do it. And so I just want to encourage you to commit to bringing your friends and family to church. What we're saying is this, use your influence. You're an influencer. You are. You are an influencer. Use your influence. You actually can make a difference. You can make an impact. And so I want to encourage you to do just that. My kids right now are watching. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I love having a teenage daughter. It's so fun to embarrass her. I do. I have a really good job of it, apparently. I'm very good at that. Three ways you can influence people. Here's the first thing. Make it personal. This guy was a friend of theirs. They knew who he was. They're like, hey, you know what? Let's get our... So someone, at some point, he said, hey, man, let's get Roro in front of Jesus. You know, everyone has a friend named Roro, right? I mean, come on. So they're like, let's get Roro. You know, he's been paralyzed his whole life. Just get him there. And they're like, man, he's so heavy. You're right. Let's get two more buddies. So then they go get two more buddies. Now there's four of them. This is a coordinated effort. They put some effort into this. And they carry him all the way there. 
when they get there, and they're, instead of being discouraged, thinking, oh, place is full, sorry, Ro, not, not going to happen today. They didn't do that. They said, no, 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 we're here. No, we're not stopping until we get you in front of Jesus. And so then they went up on the roof. How heavy was it to get them on the roof? And then when they get them on the roof, then they lower them down. How awkward was, must that have been, him being lowered down? The guy's paralyzed. He, it's not like he's holding on to the rope. So they had this rope tied around him. He's just lowering down slowly. Like, hey, hi, guys. How you doing? He's like spinning slowly like Thor. You know what I mean? You're like, give me a second. Hold on. Just give me one moment. Hold on. Okay, hey, hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, Jesus, if you don't mind, I really could use your... Oh, okay. Hold on. Give me a second, right? Just give me one, just one, one moment. You could really use your healing, healing touch. You can tell I need it, right? I mean, this was an awkward moment, right? But they were willing to have an awkward moment. Are you willing to have an awkward moment? Oh man, if I bring up church, if I bring up, invite my friend to church, it's going to be weird. I, I, I don't get that. The whole, oh, it's going to be weird. You know what's going to be really weird? When Jesus comes back and you're standing next to your friend and you didn't tell him about Jesus, that's going to be awkward. Because he's going to be like, seriously, you knew about this and you didn't tell me? You knew the thing that could change my life all this time and you never took the time just to invite me? That's awkward. Let's do our part. Let's do what God calls us to do. Make it personal. Let's make it personal right now. Who is God putting on your heart right now that you can invite, that you can bring to church, that you have an influence on them? They're your friend. They're your buddy. Maybe you're married to this person. Maybe it's one of your kids or your grandkids. Maybe it's a nephew or cousin, a brother or sister. Someone you work out with, someone you go to school with, someone you do life with, someone you work alongside. Who is God calling you to talk to? Maybe a neighbor. In fact, the very person that may frustrate you to death, you think, oh, this person drives me crazy. Maybe God has you there to minister to them. So I want to challenge you to make it personal. Who's God putting on your heart? Then here's another thing. Get creative. Think about the creativity of this. They literally ripped a hole in the roof and lowered a guy down with a rope to get in front of Jesus. That is creative. I mean, that is not taking no for an answer right there. They're like, no, we are going to get him in front of Jesus. And so they lowered him down. I mean, they were like, hey, we're going to risk it all. What if he falls and gets paralyzed? He's already paralyzed. Drop him down. <laughs> I mean, I hope they didn't do that. I'm just simply saying. The point is, what do we have to lose here? Let's do this. What if I invite my friend to church and they don't come? Then you're where you are now in your church without your friend. Why would you not take that risk? And so get creative. We have a creative God. He created the whole world. He created you and I to look different. You know, we don't, we're not the same color, nationality. We have different languages and dialects. Obviously, God loves creativity. And by the way, if you're bothered by that, you're really going to hate heaven because we're all going to be there. Yeah. God's a creative God, isn't he? It's a beautiful thing. I'm glad you don't look like me. You don't need pasty white like this. No, no, no. God made us all different. He made some of us funny and some of us funny looking. Either way, it's good. God loves us. He made us all unique. He wants you to use your creativity. How about Jesus? Think about his creativity. He was creative. Think about it. He took one guy's lunch, fed a whole 5,000 people off of it. Talk about creative. How about this? Jesus, instead of normally just teaching from the Old Testament, he would actually give a story or illustration about a verse. Isn't that cool? He would say, he would go pick up a flower and say, consider the lily. And he'd talk on that. He was very creative. That's why we're always trying to be creative in our church. Always trying to do things different because Jesus was a creative God. In fact, if you're having a hard time bringing someone to church, let's get creative with it. Let me teach you a little principle that, that, that I've done for years of my life. Uh, this is something I learned from a guy named Dr. Robert Schuler, who's now passed away. He was a pastor out in California. Uh, 
he, te- he taught what was called possibility thinking, which the Bible teaches. It's just, it's just thinking with faith. And this is what he taught. He, he said, when I got stuck, I would get a sheet of paper out with a pen. I would write my problem at the top of the paper and then list one through 30 on the sheet of paper all the way down, maybe even using two sheets. And as fast as he could, he would creatively say, Holy Spirit, speak to me now. Give me ideas on how I can solve this problem. And as fast as he could, he was write down 30 ideas. Now, here's the key. Don't judge your ideas yet. You need to separate the critic part of you from the creative part of you because the critic will always shut down the creative. So instead say, I will now criticize these later, but right now it's just, let's just be creative. So as fast as you can, write down 30 ideas. So, so maybe, maybe you're broke and you're like, man, I need some money. I mean, I'm really in a tight jam. I, I need money now. What can I do? Get a pen and, pen and paper out, write down one through 30. I'm broke, solve my brokenness, right? Uh, how do I get money? And as fast as you can, write down. And some of the ideas will just be stupid and wrong. It's okay, just, you know, win the lotto, steal money from a bank, you know, <laughs> shake down my grandma. Okay, mark all those out, okay. The point is, just get those out first, okay, right? And then keep writing, and eventually you'll be like, uh, work for Uber on the side, uh, you know, d- deliver food, uh, you know, sell an item I have in my garage or something that's worth some value. And, you just, and all of a sudden, you look at the list one through 30, and you get down to it, and there's three or four things that are just dumb. Probably half of them are illegal. Don't do those, right? And then you get to like three or four that you're like, these aren't bad. And then circle one or two, and you're like, and then figure out, I'm going to get started on that one right now. I have used this simple creative process to solve virtually every problem our church has ever faced. It works. It's, it's, it's not complicated. So if you're saying to me, I want to bring my friend to church next week, but they always say no. Ah, let's do one through 30. Here we go. Are there some things you can do differently in how you approach them? I'm not even going to give you 30. I'm just going to give you six or seven. Here's a couple things you could do. How about this? Tell them, I'm going to pick you up next week at 1230. Don't tell me you're still sleeping. It's 1230 to come to the 1 p.m. service with me. I mean, this is, you know, this is a later service. You're fine. By the way, I do find it funny that some people are late to the 1 p.m. service. Like, what are you doing Saturday nights? You have a lampshade on your head and you're standing on a bar at three in the morning. What's going on, right? You're like, no. So pick them up, number one. Here's another one. Just tell them, I'm going to pick you up at this time and I'm going to bring you to church with me. Here's another one. Promote or, or, or promise them lunch afterwards. Say, hey, if you come to church with me, I'm going to buy you lunch afterwards. And then don't be cheap. Say whatever you want on the Taco Bell menu, I'll get you. <laughs> on the 99 cent side. Yeah, that's whatever. Just, just go crazy. You know what? I thought I was being cheap one time with my boys and I took them to Taco Bell. They spent $30 each at Taco Bell. I forgot. They can eat a whole human. They're so big. It's, I don't know where they got. I mean, they're so much bigger than me. I'm like, how, my gene pool doesn't create that. But it did. I don't know how it happened. It's crazy. Okay. How about this one? Convince a couple. A lot of times it's a guy that's really hard to convince to come to church. So convince his girlfriend or his wife. Hopefully he has one or the other. Not both. That's not good. Don't, don't bring all three. Bad idea. But convince his girlfriend to come to church, and guess what? He'll come along. Convince his wife, and guess what? He's all, he's all tough with you, like, no, I'm not going to church. And she goes, honey, we're going to go. And he's like, okay, we're going. <laughs> Oftentimes, women are more open to God. You know why? Women are more relational. They're open to relationships, so therefore they're open to relationship with God. So if you can convince the wife or the girlfriend to come, I bet you can get him to come too. And so start with that. Invite them as a couple. Say, hey, we'll go out to dinner or lunch afterwards as a couple. That's great. Do that. Here's another one. Um, If you have kids, have them bring their friends. Did you know that most of us accept Christ? 80% of Christians accept Christ before the age of 18. 
And that number drops to less than 20% of us accept Christ after 18. Now you know why we value children's ministry and youth ministry so much. Because most of us accepted Christ when we were young. I'm not saying it's too late, it's not too late, but this is why we value that so much. So I wanna encourage you, have your kids bring their friends. Let's start a bus ministry right now. Put people in your car. You have empty chairs in your car, you have empty seats, and drive them and bring them to church. Fill your car up with smelly 10-year-olds. They will come. <laughs> bring all your kids' friends, have them come, and they'll love it. It's a lot of fun. Our, our, our children's ministry, believe it or not, it's fun. It's not boring, it's actually fun. And we do that on purpose. We want church and fun to go together around here. That's how we roll. That's why even our adult service is just really youth group for adults. Let's just be honest, okay? Let's just still treat it. We like to have a lot of fun while we're doing church. So bring their kids, uh, bring, bring, bring your kids' friends, basically. And then here's another one. Tell them about free book. We're doing a free book this next week. Everyone who comes gets a free book. My friend, Pastor Craig Rochelle, will be preaching on the stage. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's also very successful. With the, his podcast is the number one leadership podcast in America. I mean, the guy's brilliant. He really, really is. I don't know why he's friends with me. That's his one mistake. But other than that, he's a brilliant guy. <laughs> don't miss this weekend. He's, he'll be here. And we decided as a church to buy the books for you. And so we're giving you one book per family. So you just say, hey, if you come, you get a free book. If you really get crazy, you can come to the 830 service. We're starting next week. I know you're like, uh, I'm at the one o'clock, Pastor. Do you know who I am? I understand. I understand. <laughs> if you come at the 830, you get a free book and a free T-shirt. Because we're, we're giving away a t-shirt that says allowed the proud, the 830 crowd. So it's really going to be cool. So anyways, uh, come for that. Here's another one. I heard of a grandmother. This is a true story right here at Broadcast Campus. There was a grandmother that was desperate to get her grandson to church. So she finally said to him, I will pay you $100. He was like, hmm? Did you come to church with me? He came. Guess what? He received Christ. Amen. That is the best $100 that grandma ever spent. Isn't that great? Smart. Really smart. Here's another one. Promise them something. If you'll come to church with me, I'll fill in the blank, right? And promise them. Now make sure it's like legal and ethical and moral. I mean, I'm saying, you promise, you come to church with me, I'll smoke crack with you. No, please don't say that. Please don't. Bad idea. Don't. No, no. Don't do that. If you come to church with me, I'll help you bury that body. No, we don't do that. No, bad idea. Don't. No, no. But no, but you say, you come to church with me, uh, I'll go to the lake with you. Come to church with me and I'll go to whatever, right? That kind of thing. And so I encourage you to do that. What I'm saying is you got to go full Godfather on them and make them an offer they can't refuse. <laughs> and so just say, hey, if you'll come with me, I'll go do that, right? Here's another one. I think this is one of the most powerful ones. Just share your story. Yes. The most powerful thing that you all own is your testimony. Amen. Just say, man, you know what? I wasn't in a church or God or I got burned in the past and a friend of mine dragged me to church. And I went to this big church. That, you know, I was really questioning. I was like, I don't know about that. And preachers and money and church and blah, 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 blah. You know, people, I don't know what it is, but once a church gets large, just people start to say bad things. It's just weird. And you already know those things aren't true because you wouldn't come here if they were. And so, you know what? Just say, hey, I, I went to that church. You mean the one that the blah, blah, blah. And you can say, do you think that's true? Do you think I go to the church that does that? Come on, man. You know me. You think I'd be there? you are lending credibility where they go, oh, oh, it's not like that. No, just come check it out. Don't knock what you've never tried. And then when they come in with you, they'll probably have a similar experience to you and they'll go, hey, this is actually pretty cool. And I really, I felt like God was talking to me. And then within a few weeks, I think God's changing me. 
you can make an impact. So I just, gave you six, I just gave you six or seven creative ways. But I bet you can be more creative than me. I'd love to hear about your creative ways, though, by the way. Hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to hear about what you're doing to get someone to church. I'm serious. I'd love to hear about what you're going to do. But get creative. Let's bring people to church. The last one here, don't just invite them. Bring them with you. I just mentioned that earlier, but bring them. Put them in the car with you. Because a lot of times it's intimidating to come to church. They're like, I don't even know anyone. Uh, you're, you're asking me to, to walk in this big building with all these people and, and find you. You know, it's like a needle in the haystack. You say, no, 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 I'll pick you up. We'll walk in together. And so that just takes away that whole intimidation factor. So I want to encourage you to do that. And you know what? Next week, Pastor Craig's going to be here. He, we're giving away the book, Winning the War in Your Mind. You don't want to miss all of that. It's going, to be, it's going to be huge, guys. I'm telling you, don't miss it. It's going to be great. Look what happens next. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there said to themselves, what? This is blasphemy. Who but God can forgive sins? Jesus knew what they were discussing among themselves. So he said to them, why do you think this is blasphemy? They didn't say it to him. And they just, imagine they're in the back and they're like, this is blasphemy. You know, like, hey, you, why do you think this is blasphemy? Can you imagine? must have been like, oh, how do you know I said that? Because he's God. They hadn't figured it out yet, but he knew what they were saying. Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man that your sins are forgiven or get up, pick up your mat and walk? I will prove that I, the son of man, have the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, take up your mat and go on home because you were healed. Wow. Can you imagine that moment when he got up? I know most of us think, oh, I probably would have cried. I think I would have screamed in terror. Like that sounds cool. But then you think if you really knew, know someone personally, that has never walked a day in their life and they get up? It's awesome, but it's also shocking, right? I mean, it's amazing what happened. What did they do here? Number two, what we need to do. Back up your belief that Jesus is the only answer. Use your affluence. So this guy, someone that owned that house got a hole in his roof and didn't seem to care. He was like, that's fine, I'll fix the roof. I want this guy to know Jesus. So they, they put in the time, the energy, this costs money. I mean, all of those things. And so the first thing you use is your influence. The second thing here, back up your belief that Jesus is the only answer by using your affluence. And you may say, well, oh, that's great, Pastor. I think you should talk to the rich people in the room, whoever they are. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Let me clarify. That's you. I'm talking to you. You're, I'm not rich. Oh, yeah, because you don't know this, but the Bible is written to the whole world. So from an economic scale, I'm now talking to the portion of the world that's rich. If you got two pairs of shoes and air conditioning, you're insanely rich. We are so wealthy. We don't just have houses. We have houses for our cars. They don't do that in other parts of the world. That's crazy. Who does that? We're so wealthy in America. Our biggest problem is too much food. We're like, oh, man, there's so much food. I just want to keep eating. I just got to get this weight off me. You think that's a problem in Africa? You think you see a bunch of fat dudes walking around? I just got so much food around here. <laughs> are you kidding me? I just have to tell you that that's not the case. We are blessed. We are a blessed people. So use your affluence. As a pastor, things are kind of tight. You know, I've noticed that even tight people tend to have Jordans and iPhones and flat screens. It's kind of funny how that works. The truth is, we can make an impact. We can make a difference. You know, we're going to do a lot of advertising, and, and I want to put a dollar amount to it just to help you understand the difference you can make. 20 bucks, game changer. 20 bucks will pay for all the mailers on your block. 
You know that? Your, every single neighbor is going to get an advertisement if you'll just give that. And you can be responsible for your block. 200 bucks would pay for your entire neighborhood to hear about Christ. It would help us with the billboard, with the social media too. Game changer. I'm just trying to, when people say, man, I want to make an impact. How can I do it? Th- that's how you can do it. it. It's simple. See, what we, the problem is we keep thinking that we have to be Superman with a cape on our back before we're changing the world. And that's just not true. If you get someone you love here and help us bring more people here and they hear about Jesus and receive Christ, you just change their eternity. So you can make a huge difference. So here's three ways that you can use your affluence. First of all, give generously above and beyond so that we can get the word out. Just, just simply give generously. So I encourage you to just, if you give nothing normally, give something. If you give a little something, something normal, give a little more than something, something. If you tithe, praise God, thank you. Give above and beyond your tithe. A lot of people are going to do that today. I'm going to do it. Will you do it? I want to challenge you to give above and beyond. Give generously. Here's another one. Faithfully serve. That means no more call-outs. You know, we get a lot of people that serve in our children's ministry, but then they call out, oh, man, I'm not feeling that good. And I understood the call-outs when there was five to seven call-outs a weekend, but now that there's 50? No, that's just laziness. 50 people don't have COVID. Five have COVID. 50 people, that means 45 are just tired. Got a lot going on. So I'm just going to be honest with you as your pastor. I'm calling that out. If you gave us your yes, show up. Make sense? It's, it's not just about covering the needs in a children's classroom. It's about your own character too. Say, no, I give my yes, I'm going to do it. Okay. So I want to encourage you to do that. So faithfully serve, no more call outs. And the last one here, when you feel stuck, quit asking why and start asking who. Here's what I mean by that. People say, I'm stuck in this job. Oh, I'm stuck in this apartment. I want to get a house, but I can't afford it yet. I'm just stuck in this apartment. Or I'm stuck at this school. I don't want to be at this school. I want to be at that school, but I can't get in or I don't, can't afford it. So I'm stuck here. Instead of saying, why, God? Why am I stuck? Say, God, who, God? Who am I stuck next to? That I need to be obedient and win them to Christ before I go to my next stage of life. Because God has intentionally placed you around some people that you feel like you're stuck with that. Oh, that, I'm stuck with this boss. What if you're called to reach your boss? I'm stuck with this coworker. They're so annoying. Did you ever think that maybe they're annoying because they're really trying to get attention because they're really crying out for acceptance? Sounds like they just need Jesus. And they probably need you to actually accept them and be there for them. I can tell you something that may really surprise you. The answers to our life's problems, no matter what Twitter says, is not politics. It will not solve the heartache of our hearts. Jesus is the only answer that will ever satisfy. Nothing else does. Money doesn't do it. Stuff doesn't do it. It just doesn't do it. My son was in high school with a a kid from Corpus that that every three or four months he'd fly up to Las Vegas, to Los Angeles and try to connect with people. What are you doing? And eventually he made it. He's actually a rapper and he's got number one hits now and number two, number five hits. And he's like, he's actually making it. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's so great. I'm so happy for him. More importantly, I'm happy that he's been around you enough, Cole, that whenever he realizes, whenever that day comes when this is just empty and it's coming, it's coming. My best friend 
was a lot older than this young man, lives in Hollywood, has been there for years, and he said, oh yeah. It's just a matter of time until they realize that contract, that money, that fame, I won't do it. Why do celebrities kill themselves? If everyone's like, oh, that's the, that's the, that's the stuff, that's what's going to make me happy, it's going to satisfy my soul. Is it really? Because a lot of people are really unhappy to have all that. Jesus is the answer. He's what we need. He is the answer, period. I just, I got to bring it back to that. Go ask, go ask ye. What's the answer? He'll tell you. Billionaire. You know, married to what many men argue is supposed to be the most beautiful woman in the world or whatever. And, you know, and he's had, been there, done that. All the money in the world, fame, empty. But Jesus satisfied him. He'll satisfy you too. And since we know the answer, let's give that answer to other people. And here is why we're doing this, guys. I want to show you the promo for this next weekend because there are so many people hurting. See if you don't find yourself in this video. Check this out. good enough you'll never be good enough you have messed up too much for god to love you just quit trying no one cares about you no one even knows you're there it's too late just give up you can't do anything right you are completely unlovable you will always be alone you'll never be happy you don't even deserve happiness you are so worthless. That's why we're doing this series. Because that's what people tell themselves. Maybe you found yourself in that. I was talking to Pastor Chad. He's the one on that video. And I said, man, you did a really good job. He said, it was easy to do. Those are all the things I used to tell myself. We need the Lord. And he was a successful businessman. Owned not only his own football team, owned a football, an entire football, I mean, he had like 10 teams. He owned a league. And yet, it didn't satisfy his soul. Guys, the answer is in Jesus. It's not in fame, notoriety. It's not in success. It's not in being an influencer. It's not. That stuff is empty. Since we know we have the answer in Christ, Let's bring people so they can experience Christ as well. So what does that mean? Number three, do your part first and expect God to do his part next. Then God does a miracle. Mark chapter two says, the man jumped up, took the mat, pushed his way through the stunned onlookers. Then they all praise God. We've never seen anything like this before, they exclaim. Don't you want that at church? I want to go to church where I'm like, I've never seen anything like this before. This is awesome, right? The only way to get to a, I've never seen anything like this before, is to before that, do something you've never done before. And so here's the conclusion of the message. If I could bring it all down to this, hear this, hear this. Uncommon results only happen if preceded by uncommon sacrifice. If we want to be a church of people that changes the world, then we got to do something different than other churches. If we want to have a marriage that's uncommon, then you've got to put some uncommon inputs into that marriage. 
You want to have an uncommon health, an uncommon body, an uncommon spiritual walk with God, an uncommon career, then you've got to do more than most people do to have more than most people have. Chew on that today, would you? If you want an uncommon life, oh, I don't know why I'm not in shape and oh, I just can't lose weight. Well, what are you eating? Just, you know, whatever I want. Oh, okay. And do you exercise? Not really. So you're complaining that you're not in shape while eating whatever you want and not exercise. Like, is that even realistic? <laughs> I'm so broke. Well, how much money do you normally save a month? Oh, I don't save. Oh, okay. Do, do you know how this works? If you don't save, you're probably going to still be broke. Everybody wants an uncommon life, but nobody wants to talk about uncommon sacrifice. Wow, that's, good. that's how you get an uncommon life. Take a moment with her now. Would you just bow your heads, every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray God's speaking to you right now. I really do. My first prayer is real simple. Maybe you're here today and you're already a Christ follower and you say, Pastor, this is speaking to me. I want to live an uncommon life. I want to, I want to maximize my impact. My first question for you is this. Is there an area of your life you're not happy with that you've just been doing what every common person does? No sacrifice. And maybe God's speaking to you saying, it's time to sacrifice in that area so you can see the results you want. If that's you, I want to challenge you to do that. Just lift your hand high and just say, yeah, pastor, that's me. There's some things I want changed in my life. And I know I got to change the inputs to change the outputs. Praise God. You do that. Take that home today. Let that be your nugget. You say, God, that, that was for me today, God. I want to live an uncommon life, which means I need to have uncommon sacrifice. Maybe today your prayer is to say, Pastor, there's a friend that is on my heart. Just listen to you talk about reaching people. And they, they have a lot, but they don't have Jesus. Or maybe they have very little and they need Jesus. Either way. Has God put someone on your heart? Just lift your hand high when God puts someone on your heart that you can bring to church next week. Just someone that can relate to that video where they're just the self-critic is, is tearing them apart. We do that, don't we? We just beat ourselves up so badly. Guys, depressions, the stats are out of this world right now. It's so sad. They're through the roof. Cutting is through the roof. Self-harm, through the roof. Suicide, through the roof. Guys, we, we have the answer. It's Jesus. We've got to do our part and bring people to church. So would you commit to that with me? Would you make a spiritual commitment to bring someone next week? Would you do that? If you would do that, just lift your hand high. If you say, I'm going to make sure my friend or my family member is here with me. I will rip a hole in the roof if I have to, Pastor. I'm going to get him here. Praise God. I won't complain if there's a hole in the roof next week. I want to just let you know right now. I will not complain. Praise God. Praise God. You put your hands down. If you've never given your life to Jesus, he is the uncommon life living with him, walking with him, knowing him personally. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine, and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you to receive him. Pray this simple prayer, and you can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Just say this out loud with me. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross. You paid the price for my sin, and I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just pray that prayer, then Christ has come in your life. Would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. Praise God. There are hands going up all across our different churches right now. 
If you're watching online, you can, you can put in the text to chat, my hand is raised. If you're at churchunlimited.com, just click hand raised right now. Just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Don't be ashamed. Lift your hand high. Praise God. Many people just gave their life to Jesus Christ. Praise God. You're not alone. You are not alone. We see those hands right now, Rodfield. We see those hands. Come on. We see those hands. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, thank you, God, that you're moving powerfully in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for those who just gave their life to Christ. And we thank you that this next week, we're going to do the uncommon thing and bring up church and invite our friends and bring them with us. God, thank you. We believe you're going to do something special next week. As Pastor Craig takes the stage, as we give these books out, as we open a new service, Lord, we're doing all that for you, Lord. I pray that you would bless the work of your people, Lord. We want to do the uncommon thing and speak up about our faith. Bring someone to church. Not be preachy, but just encourage someone. Just love them. Just share our own story, how it's changed our life, and invite them to. Thank you that we can make a difference. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.